Hi, this is Jim Lobato. I'm the president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on BizTalk Radio Show. I started BizTalk so you can have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group, which is in the business of helping the leadership of growth-oriented companies realize their potential. We do this by working with their sales force and helping those individuals discover and develop their unique abilities and then align those abilities with their opportunities. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. I hope you enjoy this podcast. On our program today is Ken Blanchard, who is the head and founder of the Ken Blanchard Companies and national bestseller of numerous books, which we will get into later. We're talking today about his release of his second edition of The Secret, What Great Leaders Know and Do. Ken, welcome to the program. Well, great to be with you. It's, uh, it's always exciting to talk about The Secret. So, Ken, in the forward to your book, The Secret, What Great Leaders Know and Do, John Maxwell wrote, Everything Rises and Falls on Leadership. So let me ask you this. Everybody talks about leadership, and yet very few people can describe it. They only seem to know true leadership in its absence. So what is it about true leadership? How would, how would Ken describe that? Well, to me, true leadership is when uh, things get accomplished that people want to get accomplished, and the people who are accomplishing them feel good about themselves and the organization and the leader there. there. You know, it's very consistent with uh, the kind of... Uh, thinking that uh, Jim Collins did in Good to Great, where uh, he really says that great leaders know how to uh, do both uh, results and people. And I, I think that's when you know you got great leadership. People are getting things done, and they're feeling good about doing it. Well, why is it then that there appears to be so much of a lack of leadership today? Well, because I think the problem is that there's too many self-serving leaders out there. People who think leadership is all about getting things for yourself and not necessarily concerned about anybody else. And that's why I think there's such a desperate need for the, for the secret, you know, uh, because we need a uh, different leadership role model in this country. Why do you think we're in this economic uh, problem in the country? Is it because we had servant leaders? No, we had a bunch of people who are out there for themselves uh, and never know when enough is enough and thinking about themselves. And, that's the big problem. Let's stay on that for a second. Isn't it the job of the leader to set that direction and, in essence, set the course or vision to get something done? And, and isn't that sometimes almost uniquely lined up with what they want? Sorry. Or well, I... you know, but I think the big thing is that, <clears throat> that while they have the responsibility to set the direction and the vision, what they need to do is involve their people to get the commitment that this is the direction that really makes sense from them. I think servant leaders are unique in that they use their people as their business partners. They just don't make decisions on their, their own without involving as many people as they possibly can so they know where the direction is and they can get, get aboard. So, uh, uh, yeah, sure, you want to accomplish certain things that need to be done, but uh, in the process, it's a, it's a way to also gain commitment. So, Ken, is it really then defining the difference between managing and leading? 
Well, it's interesting. I, I don't get involved in this argument about the difference between management and leadership because whenever you try to compare them, management gets the short end of the stick, you know. Uh, I think there's two parts of leadership. One is the this, this strategy or the strategic part of leadership, which is, you know, what Warren Bennis and others are saying, you know, doing the right thing, you know, which is, okay, where are we going and all that. But then the second part, which is often considered management, is operational leadership. And this is the servant part of servant leadership, when the pyramid gets turned upside down philosophically, and now you work for your, your people. So I kind of combine leadership management under leadership uh, rather than trying to make that kind of distinction. But management traditionally is how do you get things done. Bennett said it's uh, doing things right where leadership is uh, doing the right thing. I like to combine them both under leadership. Give us an example for our audience out there of what you would mean by a servant leader. How would they serve the people that they're leading? Well, let's take Chick-fil-A, for example. Their mission is to use the the, uh, gifts that God has given them uh, to have a... uh, quality interaction with the people that they uh, do. So using the talents that God has given them to have a positive influence on everyone that they come in contact with. And so uh, what they're really doing is saying, here's what we're trying uh, to do. And then they have a set of values and all. And that's been driven by Truett Cathy and the founders of that. But then what they really do is they turn the pyramid upside down and they make their store map. You know, they're business partners. Uh, they they uh, go out and get the hourly employees and say, you know, you might not stay with us forever, but we really want you to leave this situation knowing and learning and being better than when you came here. Uh, and uh, it, it's just a whole philosophy. Southwest Airlines, very similar thing with uh, Herb Kelleher and Colleen you know, Barrett. They said that, you know, we're in, uh, we're in the... Uh, freedom business, the freedom for every uh, American to fly, to be with a friend or a relative in a good time and a sad time at affordable price, you know. And then they have a set of values, which is, you know, uh, a warrior spirit, you know, give your best for the customers, servant heart, you know, we're there to serve other people, uh, you know, a uh, fun-loving attitude, you know, as, as we uh, uh, do this. And so, they are driven by those kinds of values and, and all. And as a result, they not only are good with their customers, but they make money and their people love them. And I think that's what the secret is all about, is that philosophy. Bob Saylert, who is the CEO of Saatchi and Saatchi, was on our program the other day. He's come out with a book called Start With The Answer. And I was asking Bob about how he's been able to lead several, you know, multinational billion-dollar companies in his career and how he's been able to uh, turn around Saatchi and Saatchi. And he said something that was interesting. He said for him it all started with the fact that he got grounded in what he valued as a person because he said when it came to making decisions, everything had to be based off of that. So understanding himself very well was his foundation of leadership so let me ask you, how much of leadership is skill, the stuff, the stuff we can go out and learn, and how much of it is character? Well, I think that's a really good question. 
effect. So what we feel is that effective leadership is a transformational journey, starting with self-leadership, which is looking at yourself, your own personal mission, your values, your your, your picture of the future, and and all those things, and and your character, and what where where you are. It's kind of a you know it's an inside job initially, and and uh, if you really know yourself well and, and what you stand for and your values, then it's much easier to lead somebody one-on-one, which is the next stop, where you're now interested in how do you build a trusting relationship. Uh, and uh, once you are able to do that, then you move to team leadership, which is more complicated than one-on-one because you're trying to meet, build a community. And now the philosophy is none of us is as smart as all of us. You know, now you're really starting to involve your people and all that kind of thing. And then finally, the last is organizational leadership, where you're uh, looking for effectiveness, which is, has to do with both results and human satisfaction. So I would uh, agree with him that the starting point, so many leaders, I think, to get themselves in trouble, have never really taken a hard look at themselves and what they, they believe and they stand for. And all of a sudden, they get caught up in making money and pushing, shoving for power and status and all. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, God, you know, look what's happened. I started off the program by saying that that most of us talk about leadership, but we can't describe it. We only know it in its absence. What I hear you saying is true leadership is really like peeling back the onion. There's many layers to it. It's more than just a word, and it's more than just a position. Yes, and, you know, I, I had a great role model in my father, who was an admiral in the Navy, and I'll never forget, you know, here I am, about 12 years old. I win the president of the seventh grade, you know, and I came home, and I'm, all pumped up, you know, living outside of New York City and New Rochelle, and my dad says, congratulations, son, but now that you're president, don't ever use that position. He said, great leaders are great because people respect and trust them, not because they have power. And so, I mean, that's the kind of messages I was getting when I was 12 years old about leadership, and I think that's so true. Why is it, there's a saying out there, and I wish I knew who I would attribute this to, but someone told me one time, he said, Jim, you got to remember that leaders are readers. And, and the leaders that I know, they, 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 just, they consume everything. Why are those two things can always seem to be connected, that, that leaders are readers? I, I don't know if you ever talked to Charlie Tremendous Jones. You know, he was this wonderful guy, great public speaker, and had a, uh, an organization called Executive Books. Uh, he passed away just recently. But Charlie said, you're going to be the same year after year, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And uh, I heard Charlie many times say that great leaders are readers. Uh, and I really think that's true, because what it really means is that they're learners. Uh, they're really open to, to learn. I was on a program uh, one time with uh, uh, a, a wonderful uh, uh, pastor, uh, and... Uh, we were uh, talking about, somebody asked a question about uh, the uh, whole research from Gallup, seek first your strengths uh, and, uh, and then find the right position, see. And, uh, and so uh, his name is uh, uh, Blackaby, uh, and Henry Blackaby, and he said, that's really interesting, it's just not biblically sound. He said, name one person in the Bible, who the, the, the Lord called, who was qualified. He said they all complain. Moses, you know, uh, Mary, 
you know, Abraham, everybody said, the Lord doesn't call the qualified, the Lord qualifies the call. But I asked him, I said, what is it to be called? He said, it's open to learn. It's open uh, to realize that you don't have all the answers and you're then willing to listen for guidance uh, and, uh, and, and be a learner. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing because I want to tell you, a lot of times people say, well, this person to be a leader must be, have all the qualifications and have experience in this thing. Not necessarily so. Uh, you know, I think I could lead any organization in this country uh, because I would depend on the people around me and I would listen to them. <laughs> and I would seek their uh, opinions and all that kind of thing because I think, you know, the, if you think as a leader, you got all the answers, that, that, you know, that your stuff doesn't smell. <laughs> then you're really in, in trouble. And I, I just love that, uh, that concept of uh, leaders being learners. I laughed out loud when I was reading uh, your book. And by the way, the book is The Secret. It's the second edition. It's been out, but it's been before. In other words, it came out, I think, in 04, but now it's been revised. It's what great leaders know and do. And there's a quote towards the back, and I just laughed out loud. And the quote in the book says, uh, The best teachers are always those who know they haven't yet figured it all out. And, yeah, and I, I think I think that's... Uh... Such a wonderful thing for, for people, and it gets really with Jim Collins too, where he said that the two characteristics of level five leaders are resolve, determination to accomplish a goal, live according to a vision, but then this concept of humility. And I wrote a book with Norman Vincent Peale years ago, and we said that people with humility don't think less of themselves; they just think about themselves less. <laughs> and so, it's not that they're not confident. Uh, and feel good, but th- but they really want to hear that people have to, to say because then they can learn and the organization can move forward. In the book, you have a model, and the model is serve, but you 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 break down what each of those letters serve stand for. Would you share that with our audience? Yes, and this is the training program at, at Chick Fil A that the serve model because they believe in servant leaders. The S stands for and shape the future. So that's about the vision and direction. What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to do? E stands for engage and develop people, okay? So you got there the two parts of leadership I was talking about, vision and direction, and then implementation. Uh, And then the R is reinvent continuously. And this gets to the learning thing, because you not only want to reinvent yourself, what what are you going to put on your resume next year that wasn't on this year? What are you going to learn? But you also want organizational learning uh, so that, you know, you're constantly trying to look at what you're doing and getting better. V is to value both people and results, and that gets at that whole definition of effective leadership is a both and, both results and people. And then finally, the E is to embody the values, to walk the talk. Uh, And uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty powerful model. That's why I love the the secret, and we're so anxious in the second edition just to get in more uh, people's hands because I think it can make a difference. We, uh, I think, sold about 300000 the first uh, time, and so we're glad about that kind of, of impact and coverage, and we just would like to get it out uh, even more, not because Mark and I need money. Uh, we're just out there, both of us, because we think that the world is in desperate need of a different leadership role model. You also write in your book, 
just because you're in a position of leadership doesn't mean that you're a leader. And again, I think that's some of the trap that people fall into is they fall into seeing the title and think that automatically qualifies them for being a leader. Yes, you know, give me the position and then I am. A lot of people would really be upset if you took their position away. You know, Gordon McDonald's an interesting guy. wrote a wonderful book called Ordering Your Private World. And he said there are two kinds of people in the world. There are driven people and called. And driven people think they own everything. They own their relationships. They own their possessions. They own their position. You try to give them feedback, and they kill a messenger, particularly if there's any negative feedback, because they think you don't want them to lead. And who are they? They are their position. Where called people, and this is a wonderful concept around servant leadership, called people, he said, think everything in life is on loan. And a servant leader thinks that their position is on loan to whom? The people uh, that they're counting on to help them accomplish uh, their goals. They think that their relationships are on loan and their possessions are on loan. Uh, and it's just a whole different way of thinking. And that's one of the key questions I always try to get at with people on, you know, whether they're self-serving or serving leader is, you know, do they... How do they receive feedback? Because you can always tell a servant leader, you give them feedback, the first thing they say is, thank you. Is there anybody else I should talk to? Boy, this is helpful. I didn't mean that to happen. Ken, as we talk about servant leadership, what are the other characteristics you've noticed that servant leaders have? Well, another characteristic of servant leaders is that they really love to have leadership develop around them. Where self-serving leaders they like to hide good people so that they can keep them in their organization, but they don't even want to share them with anybody. And uh, they don't want anybody to rise up because they think that they'll take their position. Where servant leaders love to encourage leadership to rise up, and if a good leader does rise up, they are willing to share leadership at some point even to step aside and take a, a different kind of role because they think their, their, their main emphasis is how do I develop leaders they want everybody in their organization to be a leader in some way. Uh, so uh, I think that's another big characteristic. Well, Ken, uh, imagine there's some people in our audience saying that, well, okay, that this sounds great, and it, it's, you know, obviously it appears to be a really good theory, and and they're probably saying that because we probably see more of the other style of leadership than we do the servant leadership. So the question I have is, how do you know this stuff works? Well, let's just look at the organizations that seem to lead their industries. We can start with Southwest. We can start with Chick-fil-A. You know, I mean, all the people in the, the quick service business would love to have the, the uh, retention rate and the loyalty that Chick-fil-A has. Look at Synovus in the financial services business. They were chosen the the number one company to work for in the United States at one time. Uh, look at Wegmans, who won the thing last year, I think. Uh, it's a grocery chain that people just love. The founder died last year or, or a year or so ago in Rochester, and it was like a national holiday because everybody loves the guy. And, and, you know, I can just go through industries and just show you the leaders. And the leading ones, I'm talking about leadership for a long period of time, all run by people with a servant leadership philosophy. And, uh, you know, it's really amazing. Talking about faith, you know, look at Jesus, the ultimate servant leader. And, you know, did, did uh, his thing last? You know, a friend of mine, John Ortberg, said, you know, uh, is Jesus a good servant leader? He said,
said, okay, suppose you were gamblers, you know, 2,100 years ago. Who would you bet on, the Roman Empire and the Roman army, uh, or a little Jewish rabbi with 12 inexperienced followers? <laughs> he said, isn't it funny that 2,100 years later, uh, we still name our kids Mary, Peter, Paul, Mary, Jesus, and we call our dogs Nero and Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> So that's another ultimate example of the power of servant leadership. The book is The Secret. It's the second edition, What Great Leaders Know and Do. Our guest is the author, Ken Blanchard. And Ken, when you look at this concept of servant leadership, let's say that someone in our audience today isn't there. They get the concept. They understand it. What's the first steps they should be taking? Well, what they need to do is go to an Egos Anonymous meeting. We always <laughs> tell people that, in fact, we've you know run them around the country, you know, because the, the biggest addiction in the world is thinking that you're a big deal, uh, that, you're, uh, that the sun shines only in, in your direction, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what they really need to, to know uh, is if you finally become an adult, I think, uh, when you realize in life you're here to serve, not to be served. And the only reason you don't think that is that you have either false pride or uh, or, or self-doubt about yourself, which is focusing all the energy on, on you. Uh, and uh, so I, I really think it's really getting in touch with what is it that's, that's making you think you're such a big deal uh, and uh, or what's fearful about about you because what happens with self-serving leaders they think that their that their self-worth is a function of their performance plus the opinion of others and the minute you get into that you're hooked because you know our performance isn't great every day and uh people are fickle uh so your self-worth would be up for grabs every single day where real self-serving leaders as i said you know, they're humble. They don't think less of themselves. They don't think about themselves less. And so they feel solid about themselves. They know that God didn't make any junk, uh, and uh, they're absolutely loved. Uh, and uh, so anybody who doesn't get this, take a look in the mirror and say, what's wrong? <laughs> don't you get that you're absolutely beautiful? That doesn't mean you don't have to learn some things. Uh, but it really would be a good thing to take a look at. So... Uh, you can realize that none of us is as smart as all of us, and how do you make your people your business partners? And that's the beginning to be a real servant leader. You mentioned in the program that your father was one of your first examples of true leadership. Who else has had an impact on Ken Blanchard in true leadership? Well, you know, I I have uh, had some wonderful uh, examples of people that I have met. I, I just wrote a book with Jerry Ridge, who's the president of WD-40, called Help Your People uh, to Win at Work, uh, a philosophy called Don't Mark My Paper, Help Me Get an A. And he was a great model. So I, I'm an observer of life. I, I'm also working on a book with Colleen Barrett, who stepped down as president of Southwest Airline, called Leadership is Love, L-U-V, Servant Leadership in Action. So I, I just... Ever since I've been a kid, I've just observed people, starting with my my dad. You know, I observed, you know, uh, if I was a basketball player, you know, who were the, the coaches that made a difference. I I was always an absolutely uh, a fan of John Wooden. Uh, he impacted me amazingly because I was a basketball coach and player and 
and he had that soft-spoken style, and I got a chance to interview him about three or four years ago when he was 24 years old, and what a joy, because that guy uh, was so much there for his players, and yet he didn't let them get away with stuff because he had a sense of values and where they were going to go, and so... Uh, uh, I just have a lot of wonderful role models because of my observation through my father's guidance for taking to look at people who build respect and trust rather than fear through power. Ken, let's go back. It's 1982. The One Minute Manager comes out, which is, what, over 13 million copies. Yes. Most people probably get introduced to you through the One Minute Manager why do you think that book has stood the test of time? Well, I think, Jim, it's because it was about simple truths. Uh, you know, it was three secrets, one-minute goal-setting, one-minute praising, one-minute uh, reprimands and, and redirection. And what I think is that uh, life is about simple truths, not complicated. And I think that's what the secret is, about simple truths, about serving others and and making a difference in leadership. And so uh, the pass-along factor for the woman manager was just amazing because people went, wow, I could have written that, but you ought to read this, you know. And that's one of the things over time we hope people will get with uh, the secrets, you know, that it's this is simple truth. Uh, and uh, so, and, and I think it was, a, it was a pure God thing, you know. I mean, nobody knew Spencer Johnson and I. Uh, and... Uh, we were on the Today Show on Labor Day, 1982, and it went on the bestseller list for three uh, years, you know. And I went, whoa, you know. So you could, some people could have gotten a big head and said, man, I'm a, I must really be terrific. I went, whoa, <laughs> this is really interesting. <laughs> well, great. And then, you know, then I'll just tell you a fun thing. I, I had my 70th birthday in May, and I invited all my co-authors uh, to come uh, and my mom used to say to me, why don't you write a book by yourself? And I said, I already know, Mom, what I know. And about 50 of them showed up, you know. I mean, I've just uh, written with all kinds of fabulous people because it gets back to what we said earlier. I'm a learner, and I learned a lot from Mark Miller writing The Secret because I got a chance to interact with Truett Cathy and Dan Cathy and that wonderful uh, uh, family uh, there. And I got a lot out of it working with Colleen Barrett and, and Gary Ridge and and I wrote a book with Don Shula, the old Miami Dolphins coach on coaching. And so uh, I've just been really blessed. And my whole goal when I team up with people is how can I pull out the simple truths that have made them successful and make it accessible to other people. What's the one thing that you want our audience to walk away from if they were to go out and read this book? Well, the big thing I'd love them to take away is that the only real effective leadership is servant leadership. And for a long time, people thought that was about the inmates running the prison or trying to please somebody. But see, there's two parts of servant leadership. One is the vision and direction uh, part of leadership is about going somewhere. And that's the leadership part of servant leadership. And, and uh, uh, the traditional uh, hierarchy can be alive and well uh, for that, you want to involve people, but they look to their bosses and the president's provision and direction. And the second part <laughs> is implementation. And that's when you turn the pyramid upside down 
uh, and now you work for your people uh, to help them live according to the vision and direction and accomplish the goals. And so I'd love for them to get that. And the reason I wrote this uh, with, uh, with Miller uh, is that he's a fabulous guy, and he's been with Chick-fil-A since he was like 16 years old. Uh, and Chick-fil-A is one of the great companies, and the whole serve model uh, that's in there uh, is what how they train their managers. And here they have 1,400 stores. They have, you know, less than 5% turnover at the restaurant uh, manager level, in fact, even less than that. And, and they beat the rest of the industry by 75 to 100% in hourly employees and all because they have a very clear vision and direction and set of values. And then their whole organization is geared to help the frontline people and everybody be their very best. And so uh, I love the concept of servant leadership, but I also wanted them people to see one of the great companies, how it's used. So one question I should ask you is, is there a question I haven't asked you today, sending around the secret that I should have asked you? No, I, I don't think so. I, I just uh, I just hope that uh, people could uh a real change in their hearts if there already aren't there for servant leaders and if they are servant leaders to get some techniques and some beliefs and, and strategies that can make them even more effective because uh, I really am excited about uh, about that. You know, the, the world is, is really in need of somebody who's there to serve, not to, not to be served. Ken, thanks for being on our program. Well, great. It's, it's great to be uh, Jim. It's fabulous. This or other BizTalk podcast may be downloaded by visiting our website at www.biztalkradioshow.com or you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. If you want to learn the strategies how to take your sales force to the next level, you can contact the Performance Group at 800-550-9509 or visit us on the web at www.pmgllc.net.